0: High on a mountainside near the asylum in the ghost town of Jerome, Arizona You are listening to Jerry and Kathy Wills
1: on The Jerry Wills
0: Show are those of the people that make them and do not necessarily reflect those of Jerry Wills. The Jerry Will Show, the affiliates or sponsors,
1: or Channel U.
0: glitches in the matrix i really don't know what happened yesterday when i finished setting everything up everything was working perfectly mercury retrograde kathy says well maybe so i really don't know i have no audio in the studio you know off the monitors i can't hear anything there nothing in the headphones um so it's just a bit (laughs) bewildering and um well, when it comes time for a show, trying to figure this shit out on the fly is like impossible to do because it's already nerve-wracking to do a show and hope everything runs right, which apparently it is not. So, I don't know. I don't know if these videos that I've got primed uh, for you to watch are going to even do what they're supposed to do. I was looking at the radio transmitter. There is no signal going to the radio transmitter, just like there's no signal going to the studio monitors. So if anyone's listening (laughs) um, to the radio thing, well, it's not working. And I don't know why. That really has me just puzzled. Oh, well, I'll figure it out. I hope you folks are having a wonderful New Year's Eve, and I hope that um, life has been kind to you the past year. <laughs> it has been a challenge for all of us. But that's not what this show's about. We're going to go into that when I switch over to Facebook Live.
2: James say, shit happens.
0: Yeah. Turn off your your, your ringer thing. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. <clears throat> anyway... Um, I'm going to be doing a live Facebook broadcast following this broadcast. So I just figured, hey, we'll just make a fun night of it. I didn't expect this crap. All right. So I've eaten up about 25 minutes, and that is a shame. Uh, Let's just dive right into this. This first gal, well, let me give you some background on these videos. Uh, Over the years, and this is going back my God, 20 years, you know, there were a few people that I decided I would videotape, uh, and ask them to explain what their experiences were. You've already seen the first two episodes of this and, um, you know, not everybody was interested in doing it. And I really wasn't interested in doing everybody. Uh, but there were some people who, um, Thought it was a really neat thing, and so I was able to record short clips. That's what I'm going to be showing you uh, on on, during this program. The um, the first person, her name is Elena, and I don't recall a lot. I mean, it's been like 20 years ago, but I do know I've heard from Elena. Well, I haven't heard from her in probably 10 years, but. Up to that point in time, we would hear from her periodically. And she would let us know that she's still doing fine. Everything is fine. I, I think I worked on her son. Um, pretty sure I did. And I, and I worked on uh, other members of her family and some of her friends. So um, Elena turned out to be not just a client, but also a very good friend. Like all of these folks you're going to be seeing today. So um let's see if this video is going to work. Then we'll come back afterwards uh if it does and we'll discuss it a little bit further. I'll tell you a little bit more of the details. Of course, I can't hear a damn thing from it. So I'm not sure what I'm going to be discussing. See, that's the thing. When I can't hear it, I can't even tell when it's over. All right. So let's um let's check in with Elena and see what she has to say.
2: My name's Elena Meyer, and uh, a friend of mine told me about Jerry. She noticed that my back was hurting me quite a bit, and uh, especially my neck. When I was uh, about 22 years old, I got kicked in the back by a horse, missed my spine by about an inch on either side. Um, Needless to say, that kind of messed my back up pretty well. Then in my uh, later years, I was involved in two car accidents that just made it worse. My neck pain was pretty bad, especially moving my neck to the left or the right sometimes and back. Also, I had a pain um, just below my abdomen to the left side that I really didn't know what it was, and uh, I still don't know what it was, but Jerry took care of that as well. When uh, Jerry, when I came to Jerry, he worked on my back. I could feel heat from his hands, and I could also feel my bones move. I just It was amazing. He also noticed that one of my legs was quite a bit shorter than the other, and uh, he worked on my legs, and I could actually feel it was the strangest feeling. It felt like putty almost. And my leg was actually stretching. Um, after the treatment, I got up and I was a, a bit out of balance. And uh, Jerry said that was because of my the height. I have no back pains at all. Um, other than when I, you know, normal things like when I do too much or yard work or something of that nature and I get the muscle aches but no uh, no pains at all. I had been to a lot of chiropractors and they had taken x-rays and they all told me that there were two vertebrates in my spine that were eventually in the back of my neck or the spinal part in the back of my neck that were going to eventually fuse and cause me not to have hardly any range of motion in my neck um, Jerry says that's, that's not so and uh, he fixed it and I feel great. I can, I can move it back and forward. And it feels great, no pain. I highly recommend Jerry. And uh, I feel fortunate to have a friend that recommended him to me and uh, I feel blessed to have him in my life. Thank you, Jerry.
0: All right, folks. (laughs) Sorry. Like I said, I can't tell when it stops. I can see the video end, but I have cues in there that tell me when it's going to stop, and it Obviously, I can't hear them, so consequently, not much I can do about that. Um, but as you saw, Elena had a, a very good result. Um, you know what? I'm just completely discombobulated by this. Um,
2: you know what, Jared? It goes what? to black for like one, two seconds, and then you're on. So don't worry about it. It'll be fine.
0: All right. All right. Well, thanks, Kat.
2: Keep on
0: going. All right, I'll just keep on going. Um, see, the thing is, though, I, what she had to say, I was going to add something to it. And, you know, I, I really can't do that because I can't hear what she's saying. Well, anyway, just another brick in the wall, right? I just don't understand why that doesn't work. Well, I can't. I can't try to fix it now. It's probably something with this stupid PC. Some something or another didn't load. Max never have that problem, really. But I can't just reload everything and start over. All right. So when um, when I first started out doing <coughs> the um, well, offering healing sessions to folks. Kathy and I were um, in a small shop in a strip mall. That shop where Elena was filmed, actually, where you just saw her filmed. um, It was in the center of Phoenix. And I don't know, we had about 600 square feet. It wasn't really large. I had one room where I would work on folks. And the other room was where I was transitioning from working on electronics. And then we had a really nice uh, front room that was like a classroom and periodically uh, i would hold get-togethers and folks of course would show up teach a class talk about things whatever it was it was a fun experience and i kind of miss those days i really miss having a place where i could do that sort of thing anyway the next video you're about to see this guy's name is doug interesting story about this fellow Uh, He doesn't tell the story exactly as he told me. I think he was kind of pulling the punches a little bit. But um, basically, the reason why it's interesting is because this fellow had a really serious heart issue. Uh, He was in his 30s. He'd been in a bad motorcycle accident. They had given him some sort of antibiotics that damaged his heart. He was living with the boyfriend of, or partner of, however you want to classify that, um, a very well-known sports medicine doctor, woman, uh, in North Phoenix. And they had, she owned the property. It was a very large complex. And they had a space where a doctor had moved out. Well, he, in this video, you'll hear him talking about something about going up into northern Arizona and making a healing center and all that. None of that ever came to pass. And I'll tell you why. He, with his partner's permission, invited Kathy and I to move into this large complex with, I don't know, 2,000 square feet multiple rooms for clients. We had a lot of room. We could do a lot of things and we spent, you know no small amount of money, probably two three thousand dollars, fixing it up to be exactly the way we envisioned our little healing center could be. If you had seen where we were at in this smaller place, you would have been astonished because the the small place was just beautifully painted. So we decided we were gonna try to do something very similar to that, and we set about doing it. And three months later, we had it just about completed. We had an open house, and right after the open house, um, he apparently, after I'd worked on him and things seemed to be just fine, um, he apparently had set a letter, because he had keys to the place, of course, because he was one of the landlords. He sent a letter on Kathy's desk, and we probably still have the letter. It basically told us that we needed to vacate the premises, which was a real slam in the head, because concurrent to this, our son Bryce, that if you've been on YouTube, I'm sorry, not YouTube, Facebook, you realize that's Will Wills, that's our son Bryce. He was living in Peru with his gal, Liliana, who did not have a baby yet, and he and she were opening a small restaurant in a town called Trujillo, and they were moving it to Cusco, which we knew Cusco pretty well. So um, we decided that we would fly down there and help them with that and spend a couple of weeks and fly back. Well, we were due to leave in four days. And be gone for two weeks. And here we walk in. Kathy's over getting a haircut. Uh, or whatever Whatever girls call that. You know, hair something or another. What do you call that, Kat? Hair something? Wow. A hairstyle. She went to a hairstylist. <laughs> you can tell that I don't go to one. Yeah, a beauty shop. Well, she was over there. I was in our new place, putting the final touches on. I had so many things done. It was just gorgeous. And I walk in, and there is this letter to Jerry and Kathy. Open it up. Look inside. We have until the following Monday, and I think this was like a Wednesday, we we had until the following Monday to have the place vacated and empty and it's like how in the hell are we gonna do this had no idea and if we're gonna be gone two weeks they're just gonna just you know take the property we had not paid any rent yet because they said we didn't need to for another couple of months just so we can get everything on our feet we had uh, Fox News they were doing shows about us uh, twice a year and they were scheduled to come over and do another show about our new place It's great publicity, and it's free. And, um, you know, everything is moving along very swimmingly. And then we get this damn letter. Well, the reason why we got the letter is because some of the people that were going to this sports medicine doctor had inadvertently come to see us. And one of them was Dennis McBroom. And Dennis, after you'll, I'm sure, hear somewhere in here, um, after just one visit with me, the pain he'd had in his uh, upper thoracic, in his neck, from a very bad accident, that pain just completely went away and stayed away, and he didn't need his pain meds. So he took a box of pain meds back to this doctor and says, I'm fine now. I don't need it. Well, what happened? How? Do, what do you mean you're fine? Jerry worked on me. After about two or three more of those, uh, we got the letter. Obviously, it was a situation where um, the doctor was not really pleased that I was fixing people that were long-term clients or patients. So it didn't turn out well. So, we had to figure out what to do. And I just called a few people. The next thing you know, these people are calling other people. Because what we needed, we needed to get a truck. We needed to box all this stuff up. You know, a couple thousand square feet. We just moved everything in. We had all the stuff in there. Library. All of our stuff. A lot of stuff. We bought stuff. Decorations. Pictures. So... Called a couple of people and said, well, this is what's going on. I don't know what we're going to do. And pretty soon, my little flip phone, because it's all there was then, started ringing. You need some help? Where are you? Sure, I could sure use some help. Within, oh, my God, that was in the morning. And by that afternoon, there was a fellow that drove up from Tucson with a large U-Haul truck. There was another fellow that rented a storage unit right near where we were. Uh, Then there were four or five people that showed up just to help us box and put things together and tape boxes and move them out to the truck. The thing that is most remarkable about this, and that's pretty remarkable in itself because these people came from all over Arizona. But the thing most remarkable about this is that these people who showed up, each one I had worked on, and each one, they had had something that was either terminal or kept them bedridden until I worked on them. And they, of course, were fine. (laughs) And here they are, you know, going from bedridden or weak and, you know, just sick as a dog you know, thinking they're going to die, to being there feeling vibrant and alive and boxing things up and, you know, like whistle while you work. Our friend Steve Banco, who's a doctor from Raleigh, North Carolina, was going to go with us down to Peru. And during all of this, all of this moving things around, the fellow from tucson had brought his mother along hoping that i might be able to do something to help her and i was just weary and kind of like right now just kind of flabbergasted by the whole situation and i said well i'll sure i will in just a little while though let's let's get to a point where we can stop about half an hour later this woman kind of crumpled down to the floor, sitting on the floor, knees up to her chest, her rocking back and forth. And she was having some kind of a, a brain thing where she had terrific pain, dizzy, about to lose consciousness. Got her up in a chair and she's shaking and she's holding her arms together, you know, like this, real tight around herself and just breathing erratically. And Dr. Banco says, she's having a seizure. We need to get her to a hospital immediately. And I said, let's try this first, and then we can. He says, I don't know how much time we've got, Jerry. I said, I don't either, but just give me 30 seconds. And I put my hand on top of her head, focused in. I saw what it was, and I fixed it. I could see it change. And immediately her situation just changed. She was suddenly just fine, a little breathless, and wow, you know, I'm glad that's over. And Dr. Banco's standing there just moon eyes. He says, I, I've never seen anything like that before, ever. How on earth? He says, this woman was needing immediate medical attention. I said, "Yeah, I know," but I thought maybe if I did something to fix it, she wouldn't need that. And he said, well, "How? How on earth did you, did you fix it? What did you see?" And of course, lots of questions. And I tried to explain it to him briefly because we were still under the gun to get out of there. And within another fifteen twenty minutes, she was back up taping boxes, and her son was carrying them out to the U-Haul. So. The reason I'm telling you this story is because the guy you're going to see next is Doug, the one that gave us that letter. And you would hear what he, you'll hear what he has to say. When you hear what he has to say and his sincerity and everything with it, just realize what happened about six weeks after this was recorded. Let's hear from Doug.
3: Well, let me just get back to what I was mentioning just a few moments ago about um, uh, in November, I did something to my left knee. And, excuse me, what I did originally was I was involved in a bad motorcycle accident and, pardon me, almost lost my left leg. And I had a patella knee reconstruct. So I got up on a Saturday morning and my knee's blown up. I'm just like, what did I do? I can't even walk. So I'm I'm in a knee brace for like nine weeks and Jerry had worked on this a couple times for me after I had seen a, a doctor, one of the best um, uh, joint doctors in town here in the valley. Um, and he told me at the time, um, and I had pictures taken, I had x-rays taken of my knees, and I had an MRI on my left knee. And what was told to me was by the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, from the MRI report was a torn meniscus. No big deal, some microsurgery, piece of cake well I get it checked the doctor backs off and says we're gonna have to cut out that ACL we're gonna have to completely redo it and I said well what's post-op protocol and he said six to eight weeks on crutches and I'm like I I can't do this I said because I am just getting ready to start a new venture here meaning with Jerry and Kathy and myself at Earthways here so um, I had a scheduled date December 9th for a reconstruct and I canceled it a week before because Jerry had worked on me twice and got this thing to regel and um, I bailed the brace. I was in an ACE wrap for a bit um, and my knee is, the the ACL through it is rock solid. Now I know that and that's completely healed. Um, I do have a lot of trauma to the leg but that's some rehab work that I just started to go into a rehab program for myself two months ago and because I've been pretty busted up for nine years um, <clears throat> excuse me I had the higher part the higher part of me the higher self was telling me I had some issues with my heart so I went to a cardiologist in November and then I can't hoof it on a treadmill so I had a test done in the hospital And what was done is they give you four minutes worth of this medicine and the doctors there in crash carts I mean the nurses are there in case something goes past it but it, 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 at first you go in in the morning to the hospital and they inject you with isotopes and they cat scan your chest your heart and then when the doctor's ready for his test um you go into a room and then they do an iv uh, drip on you with this medicine and it's four minutes and your chest feels like it's just gonna burst and um halfway through the test they inject some more isotopes through you and then when you're done with the test you go back to cat scan and they scan your chest <clears throat> excuse me um a week ago Friday, um, I went in to see the doctor, the cardiologist, and he's a very good doctor in town, one of the best. And he said, Obviously, well, I was in the room and um, the nurse brought me back and then she said, I'll be right back. Well, she comes back and brings EKG machine. I'm going, Oh, something's up. So do that. And then he comes in and he says, Well, obviously, hi, how are you? I work, you know, uh, the formalities of hellos. And he says, Obviously, for you to be here, something's There's something wrong here. Excuse me. And he said to me, you have either a defect in the lower portion of your heart because your heart's not pumping out the way it should be. And you're not getting the O2 saturation in your blood. It it could be a defect there or a valve or a blockage. He said, but if the radiologist sees this and tells me this, something's up. He said, and I'm very concerned about this. So we're talking. Pardon me. And um, pardon me. Sorry. And he he says to me, he goes, so I you know I want to get this scheduled as quick as possible, meaning a cat, uh, catheterization and possible angioplasty, so which I had scheduled for f- this past Friday at nine thirty in the morning. Um, I was talking with him, and I said, well, I'm going to leave here. I'm going to go work out. He goes, you're not working out. He says, you're not doing anything. He said, this is this is some serious stuff for you. And and he said, you having episodes and well you know my pain levels up all the time anyway i don't take any pain meds um and i got off that stuff years ago um but i started to pay attention to the symptoms of you know um i've had thoracic i've had spinal cord surgery so i'm thinking it's referred pain from that but it's not my spine's tick tock i've had it done so three and a half years now down at barrows here and um and i had a t4 t5 dissection where they cut the vertebrae off and go and do a cord decompression and put me back together with um, titanium plates and screws and had me up walking the next day, and I was home in four days and on the road. But um, this situation with my heart, um, obviously, you can get referred back pain and all kinds of stuff going on, and I would always have tightness in my upper chest. Well, my muscles are one thing, but inside my chest cavity, I know something's not right. And I came in to our office Monday morning and, Jerry said, looked at me. He goes, "You don't look good." And I said, "I'm not. I got something going on here." I said, "And I got to find out this Friday." So, um, we went into uh, a treatment room, and uh, I hopped up on the, on the exam table. And Jerry stood in front of me for a few moments and pulls his pulls his center and his energy up like that. It's amazing how he can do it for you. If any he's done it for any of you, it's it is a truly incredible thing. And You know, he put his fingers uh, over my heart in an area and then he rested his hand on my chest and then um, it was only for a few moments. Um, And then he backed off and he said, well, let's see how this, he said, let's see how this works. He said, just let this take effect. Well, excuse me, the next morning I get up. That, get up, that night, that my chest night, is chest tight, is I'm beet red, red, and I'm and 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 sweating. And there shouldn't and there be anything, shouldn't going, anything on. going on. I am not, I am not clicking, clicking with what Jerry has Jerry's done, Jerry's done for me. So I end up so in the, I the I hospital, up hospital Tuesday morning with, Tuesday morning with chest pains. pains. And they keep and me they keep overnight, and they cat me Wednesday morning. And, excuse me, at 7.30 in the morning. So... <sighs> I get they <laughs> I give me the okay you're you're, you're fine there's fine, nothing there's wrong nothing well I got the admitting well, doctor telling me this telling but not this, my, but cardiologist, my cardiologist so, so I call my I cardiologist, my cardiologist and, and his office his and he office, calls and me call back in moments, moments and I said doc, said, I, don't doc I don't remember what we were talking, we were talking, talking about, about in the cath, the cath, cath lab and he, and he said, said yeah we gave you some pretty good medicine so um and he was laughing he said but he goes Doug I don't know what to tell you he said um um Obviously, the Obviously, test was the test wrong. Was he says, I've never, had this, never had this happen. He, he said, I said, I thoroughly went through all, went through all of your coronary, coronary arteries. arteries. I, checked I checked your heart, your heart thoroughly. thoroughly. He said, halfway, 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 out, halfway out, I went and checked went the and arteries of your arteries, kidneys. He said, and you are and healthy, are healthy, are healthy as, a as a horse. He said, horse, he said I don't, I know, don't know, know, what know what and how this can be like this. And I didn't say anything to him. And so I'm going to go see him coming up this week and we'll be sure we'll have a little chat about this. But, you know, you know, Everyone, Everyone here, we're, here, we're, all, we're all very, very special very entities, entities. Um, um, and we're coming and we're up to, coming the to the surface with ourselves, with ourselves. Um, um, and, and kind of stepping step out of the box of box just, of, just I guess modern you know, day thought. And there's a lot of things. And there's a lot of tools that we have, and learning more about our minds and and how we work. And uh, I think we got a great teacher on hand, and um, there's going to be some wonderful things happening. Um, we have this center here. Jerry and I have talked about. Going further up north, um, uh, there's some property that I've got up in Ash Fork and, I do, and we have discussed the fact that we'd like to develop this to a bigger area, um, a, a huge healing center and obviously places adjoined to it, adjacent to it, I should say, that people, if need be, they can stay a week, two weeks, and, and get them on the right road. Because uh, whether you're all healers, looking for spiritual growth, whatever, it's, it has started here. And this is a real special group of people. And I'd just like to say thank you for your time. And I'm sure we'll talk. So, thanks. Thank
2: you.
0: I think I found part of the problem <laughs> There's a bug in the system, man. Um, <clears throat> did that finish? I didn't. I couldn't hear it.
2: No,
0: it just stopped. I uh, tried again. Well, you nothing to try oh, again because I'm on. They found it. Yeah, I kind to uh, Okay. All right. Uh, so I probably just need a complete restart of the system, just to fix the bugs that's in here somewhere. So I apologize profoundly <laughs> okay so you just heard from doug and you heard the story about that and honestly you know we were really taken by surprise when doug came we, we did meet up with him and Uh, I don't know really what happened. There was never any altercation between us. There was never anything between us. We were always just great friends for years. And uh, that day we saw them. They were pulling in as we were leaving. And he called Kathy a bitch. And it's the last time we've spoken to him. It was several years later. And he wrote a message saying he was very sorry. And I told him to screw off. So said, you know, you call Kathy a bitch, that's completely uncalled for. There's no reason. She didn't do anything to him at all. So I don't know whatever happened to Doug. And at this point, I'm not that concerned about it. I, I think that he was just being a jerk, you know. I, I really don't know what happened. Maybe the gal that he was partners with... She was getting pretty uh, ticked off because of what was going on there. And she had, because of him, she was now somehow feeling implicated into the whole, what she considered to be a mess. But obviously, that healing center was not meant to be. So we carried on. We stayed in our um, little place down in Central Phoenix and continued working there for quite a number more years. So let's go on to the next person. What's that?
2: Don't speculate.
0: <laughs> about what? About what,
2: what, what really happened.
0: Well, I don't know what happened. I'm, all I can do is guess. I mean, that's the best any of us can do is just kind of guess about it. Um, so speaking of going to Peru, um, as you can imagine, there were people in Peru that I worked on. And a lot of good things happened. One time... I was standing on the dock in Iquitos, uh, waiting to catch our boat to the lodge. And I don't know how these people knew anything about me. It wasn't on the internet. I just don't know. But this gal brought me her baby, and her baby was very sick. So I was standing out there in this very hot sun, and it's near the equator, so, you know, it's, it's really toasting next to the Amazon River and um the boat shows up and this woman comes running up waving at me and asking me to please help her her little baby, just a little baby. And of course what can you do? I'm not gonna go. Are you kidding me? I gotta go somewhere. Nah. So uh, I had the boys load things onto the um the boat. The the boys are the the helpers from the lodge. And Kathy and I, I think Kathy uh, went ahead and sat in the boat, get out of the sun. And I stood there and worked on this little baby. It hadn't gone to the bathroom in days. And now it was feverish and just lifeless. Hadn't eaten. You know, she's afraid the baby's going to die. And, and, you know, I kind of felt that might be the case as well. So... I said, don't worry, in my best English, (laughs) because I didn't really speak hardly any Spanish, and I still don't tell you the truth, Uh, but there was someone there translating. I said, don't worry, let me see what I can do to help you. So I, with the baby in her arms, I put my right hand on its head and my left hand on its stomach and just looked inside. Well, there was a kink in its bowel. That's the reason. So, I just set about unkinking the bowel. Seemed like the most reasonable thing to do. And I said, okay, that should be fine. All of a sudden, this baby just completely overfilled its diaper. I'm telling you, there was so much stuff. It was dripping out the sides. It was ugly, really. But the baby had gone to the bathroom. Now, while I'm doing this, This is the port of Bella Vista, which is just outside of Iquitos. It's kind of like, you know, two towns that grow together. And it's a pretty dismal place. I mean, you're right next to the river, and hygiene is at zero there. Men spend their days sitting over there at the bodega, one of those, drinking these big beers. Women are walking around, you know, trying to get different things to eat or sell things to eat. Everybody's trying to make a buck or they're trying to spend a buck. But they're all like indigenous folks from the jungle who are there. They wear clothes because they're that close to town. But at home, they don't wear hardly anything at all. And there was a crowd of probably 200 people. There were now gathered, just a a large wash of people that were standing there, that had been watching what I did. And when the baby went to the bathroom, of course, it was a big mess. The baby hadn't gone in days, had lots of gas, and all these people were just like, oh, you know, praise God. They're very religious. And... People are gathering around her and I and getting closer and closer and closer. And they're all just touching her and, and patting her on the back and saying things in Quechua, which is the native language of the people out in the jungle. And they're, they're talking and she's smiling and laughing and crying and the baby's fine. She's holding it up to everybody to see the baby's fine with a dirty diaper. And the word just spread through the community when we lived in akitos they had not forgotten about this and there were a lot of times that i was called upon to help a child sometimes adults but mostly children one afternoon and it was about 4:30 in the afternoon as i remember now, keep in mind, when the sun sets at the equator, it sets really about 5.30, and by 6 o'clock, it's dark. So, 4, 4.30, you know, it's later in the day there. Um, and the, the, that timing that I was telling you about just now, that's every day of the year. It's not just some days. So, every day of the year. This fellow <clears throat> knocked on the door where we live, lived. And with an interpreter, he's telling me that his daughter is in the hospital. She's very, very sick. Would I please come and help her, and what would it cost? And I know these people have no money at all. Going to a doctor, that's an expensive thing to do. If you make it to the hospital, you must really be in bad, bad, bad shape. And his daughter was in the hospital. And that's, you know, for us, I mean, it's, it would be cheap. You know, we're talking less than a hundred bucks, but for them, Oh my God, they'll be working for the next two or three years to pay that off. What would I, what would I charge to come and help his daughter? And I said, pay for my taxi, which is a three wheeled motor car, open air motor car. You come with me. Okay. Okay. I will. He says, is that all? And I said, nope, bring me a nice, cold Coke. Back then, I liked to drink a Coke, and it wasn't a situation where I was too white for Coke, as common culture now has dictated. So I was drinking Coke. I wasn't too white for it. And um, we got in the motor car and went over there. I got to this large hospital. They don't have windows. They just have ports with bars. Why bars? I don't know. Maybe to keep out the monkeys, I suppose. And it's so hot, they have no air conditioning. Uh, Windows would just make it really very miserable. I went up to the third floor with him. And I went into this large room. It was about the size of a gymnasium. Not as high a ceiling, of course. Um, and maybe not as wide, but it certainly was as long or longer. And in this room, there were so many beds. No curtains between them. Just all these beds kind of randomly thrown in there. Dirty mattresses with children on them. And I'm looking at this going, oh my God, I'd never seen anything like this. You know, I'd never been to the hospital, you know, in Peru for any valid reason up to that point. And, you know, valid reason meaning, you know, sick, needing to. Um, So he took me over to where his daughter was. By now... Uh, it, it took about 30 minutes to get there, so by now the sun's starting to go down. And I sat there and took a look at this little girl. She was unconscious, I suppose, or sleeping, I don't know. And I don't really know what was wrong with her, except he told me that she had a bad infection in her, in her abdomen. And they couldn't afford uh, very much more time in the hospital. And he was afraid she was going to die. So I decided to try to help. I did like I have explained earlier with that little baby. I put my hand on her head and I put my other hand on her abdomen. And it was distended and it was hot to the touch. And I thought, wow, I wonder what is going on here. You know, what's wrong with this little girl. I took a look and I was just so, all these people have stopped and they're whispering to each other, looking at this, this seven foot tall guy with long hair sitting beside this little girl. They're probably wondering if I'm a doctor. Or what am I? And they're all talking to each other, whispering really. I sent energy in to try and help her. And I said, okay, well, after I finished, I said, it's going to be a few hours. She woke up, which she hadn't been awake. She woke up. And they asked her if she was uh, duelle, which is pain. Duelli, You know, duelli. She said, no. So, she didn't have any more pain, and I thought, I don't know what else I can do. I've I've done everything I know. So, I said, all right, that's all I can do. The taxi was outside, waiting all this time for me. Which, that must have cost the guy 20 soles, which for us is like $8. So, I got up to walk out, and this other woman comes up and points to her child, and asked me if I would help him. And so I went over and took a look, did the same thing. By the time I finished, it was close to midnight. I had worked on, I don't know, 50 kids. They all had something that was bad enough for them to be in the hospital. Like I said, if you go to hospital there, you must be pretty bad off. <clears throat> so I must have worked on like 50 kids. I really don't know how many. There were so many. And when I finished, I was kind of tired. I went down. I paid the taxi driver because he had been waiting the whole time. I was there probably six hours. And um, I was tired, went home, saw Kathy. You know, we got a bite to eat, crashed out for the night. The next day, I was kind of wondering, you know, how it turned out. She's a real sweet little gal, you know, just real cute. She had a pretty smile, pretty eyes. She must have been four years old, maybe five. So I took a taxi and I went right back out to the hospital. Well went up to the third floor and I'm looking around and there's no one on the third floor. And I thought, what the hell's going on? Am I in the right place? And I Went out, looked around. There's no other room here. This is the place I was at. I looked out the window. I could see features I had seen earlier the, the, the afternoon before. There was no one there, just a bunch of empty beds. And this fellow walks in. He has on i I'll never forget it. It was so out of place in the jungle. He had on um, this black coat-like thing, like a big black robe, sort of but it was like a coat and it was buttoned up right right like this and he had this chain coming down with a cross on it and you know he was manicured his whole all his features manicured and he says can i help you in kind of a french accent And I said, well, I was visiting a little girl here last night that was very sick, and I just wondered what happened, so I came back by to see. And he looks me up and down, and he said, last night? And I said, yeah. And did you help her? And I said, I think so. But I don't know. That's why I'm here, is to find out. And he says, you realize these people are very superstitious, And I said, well, yeah, I'm fully aware of that. He says, these people aren't here now because they told me an angel came last night and healed every one of them. Are you that angel? And I just kind of grinned and I said, I'm no angel. I said, it's nice meeting you, Father. And... I walked away and down the hall, and he said, Yes, you are that angel, aren't you? And I turned around, kind of pushed my hat up on my head, and I said, Well, I guess God works in mysterious ways, doesn't He? And this guy, for the first time, smiled, and he says, Yes, he certainly does. And I left, took the taxi back. End of story. So there were quite a few instances when I worked with folks in Peru. I mean, so many more stories. I could take up the rest of the night telling you stories. There was just quite a number of them. But one of the stories happened with a fellow named Eric. And if you've been with us for a while, or even if you're new, there is a show where I interviewed Eric Mendoza. It's about UFOs and strange goings-on in Peru. It's, it's a very good interview. I think if you haven't seen it, you probably would enjoy it. What you don't know is that Eric got very sick at one point. He was afraid he was going to die. And, you know, I mean, in Peru, you get sick, there's a damn good chance you will. The medical systems down there are not like they are here. Your ability to recover from some things is really limited to how much you can afford to spend on medicine. And these people haven't any. So they pass away. Eric's father was a doctor, and so he had a family with some money. And so Eric, <clears throat> he runs a transportation company in Lima, and he was in charge of the transportation when I would, Kathy and I would bring people down to Peru. And we'd go on the tours there. He was in charge of transportation. His partner, Edith, she was in charge of land services and getting guides and so forth. So they were a very good couple, and they they became friends after my first trip, and we've been friends ever since. It's been, my God, 30-some years now. During one of our trips, Eric had been very sick, and he still had some problems. And he asked me if I'd take a look to see. Because he, he he was there in Iquitos when I worked on that little baby. And he heard about the things that I'd done in some of the, the villages in the jungle I'd gone to to help folks. Those are all amazing stories. Very colorful. And he was there when I went into villages up in the Andes to help people that were sick. So he'd see me do this many times is the point. And now, reluctantly, but with some necessity, he asked if I would take a look and try to help him. I did and this is what Eric has to say. Oh, oh I have a, I travel have a
1: agency in Peru. 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 I used to work used with, to work the with uh, spiritual, spiritual, spiritual people, people from different, from parts, different of the world. parts of the world. Well, well I, had I had a problem in my problem stomach, in my stomach. stomach. Uh, mm-hmm. It was in January, I got a terrible, got a terrible pain,
0: pain. Is it in my in stomach, my stomach. It be I, went I went to the hospital, hospital. they test they me, test me. Yeah, so
1: for, 10 hours. Yeah. for 10 hours, after that, the, they practiced a surgery on my stomach, and I got some problems with, uh, with anesthesia. from my body in that moment I got a problem with my with my heart Um, well for me was maybe three or five minutes but the real time was one hour twenty minutes the doctors tried to resuscitate 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 yeah during this time, I saw a tunnel, dark tunnel. I was falling down into the tunnel, really dark, really, really, really dark. No sounds, anything. But suddenly, I saw a light, tiny light on the on the top of the tunnel, up to the tunnel. Uh, in that moment, I feel really comfortable with the light, and I felt some kind of help. Take my hand, took my hand, and start to get to the to the light. Uh, maybe in, in the next two minutes. No more dark, and I saw at the tunnel uh, in both sides, angels. (laughs) Angels, but I didn't hear the sounds, but they were maybe singing or they were talking to me, something. But in the moment that I get to to the big light, uh, in that moment, I hear the, the voice of the doctors, of the nurses, you know, running into the room, trying to resist. Yeah. You know, but uh, the next day, when the doctors came again to make tests, uh, all the pain, all the fluid disappeared of my body. I was normal, I spent eight days more in the hospital for more tests, during this time I didn't eat anything, (laughs) just drinkings, you know, but uh, the result was the doctors, they didn't find anything in my body, everything was okay. All my organs inside of my stomach was perfect. That's the story of my problem in January. Well, I, uh, this was a month later, I think. I got still some problem in my liver, maybe some complications because I have no gallbladder. Uh, my liver was bigger than normal, you know, maybe inflammation, inflammation? how do you say?
0: Inflamed.
1: Inflamed. I was really inflamed. And I got still some problems in my stomach. Well, you work on me, maybe 40 minutes, I remember, uh, and the next two days, I was, I felt, you know, after the surgery, you felt your body, like, a, how can I explain you? You know, after, after a long surgery, you know, I felt the same. The next two days, even I, when, I, when I went to pee, maybe um, I saw some blood blood color, you know, in the ring, yeah. in, the, in my earring, uh, but after that I feel really good, well, right now, <laughs> well. till now, till now. Well, I felt uh, when you were Passing your hands over my stomach and my liver, I feel um, mm, hot, like a when you put a light close to your skin, the same. But I feel really comfortable with this hot light, with this hot light. And um, after two days, I feel really, really good, like a new, like a, with new stomach, with new liver, till now. Now I'm eating, I'm eating everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even chocolate cake, yesterday. <laughs> well, I can, first of all, I told the truth and then I can recommend you because I experiment, I can experience. I can say. Yeah, my my experience was really was really nice, was really good. Because I really felt the transmission of the energy in my body to cure my liver, in that case.
0: Yeah, no, I'm really fine. (laughs) If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a comment. Subscriptions and your comments cost nothing, but it really helps us out a lot. To hear the entire interview you were just listening to, and many, many other amazing interviews within our archives, Please visit JerryWillsShow.com and become a member. Your membership supports our ongoing broadcasts. That's JerryWillsShow.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this program.